from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. I'm Graham, VK4BB. This is the national news for week commencing April 15, 2018. WIA Secretary and Director Peter VK8ZZ. WIA, you don't own the frequency. VK5GR explains. These stories and more in this edition of news from the Wireless Institute of Australia for week commencing April 15. There has been a 92% increase in portable radio coverage in the Parramatta CBD following the completion of a new radio site in that area. Critical comms magazine are saying this will prove beneficial for emergency and essential services, enabling them to better protect the Parramatta community. Barry Wademan, Acting Chief Superintendent, Sheriff's Office, said the in-building improvements had enabled law enforcement authorities to operate more smoothly. The significant improvement in GRN coverage has made it easier for our officers to communicate across the precinct. Officers have reported a 10 out of 10 improvement in reception and clarity in all three courts, he said. This project is part of the wider Critical Communication Enhancement Program that New South Wales Telco Authority is rolling out across VK2, increasing radio coverage throughout the state. Radio Pirate sentenced to 21 months. Jonathan Nally, writing in criticalcoms.com, says a man who broadcasts spurious and potentially harmful calls on Victorian police radio channels has been sentenced to 21 months jail. It said Vaughan William George, 42, broadcast illegal calls on multiple occasions between January and October 2017. In one transmission, he attempted to call off a police chase following an armed robbery. The 42-year-old was sentenced in the Latrobe Valley Magistrate Court on numerous charges, including illegally operating a radio communications transmitter, operating a transmitter to interfere with Victoria Police Telecommunications and drug and car theft offences. Hi, I'm Peter, VK8ZZ. The WIA annual general meeting and conference is nearly upon us. The Gold Coast Amateur Radio Society, who are running the event this year, have a fantastic two-day program in store for attendees. I, for one, am certainly looking forward to the event. The full program is available on the WIA website and registrations are now open. The AGM will be video recorded again this year. The video recording will be put on the WIA website after the event. The AGM and forum papers will be published on the website well ahead of the AGM. These papers include the director's report to members, the financials and the audit report. The forum committee reports and papers will also be published on the WIA website well ahead of the convention weekend. As advised last year in the board minutes and subsequently in the national broadcast last December, the AGM papers will not be distributed at the AGM event. Members that require a paper copy of the reports and forum papers can request them by contacting the national office by letter or by email. These AGM reports and forum papers will not be available at the AGM and forum. Last week, the WIA had their regular meeting with the Australian Communications and Media Authority. At that meeting, several items were discussed, including the ACMA database errors and callsign duplication, wireless power transfer and possible interference issues that may arise, online examinations, 
The need for a photograph on amateur operators' certificates of proficiency, the review of the syllabus and assessments, the five-year spectrum outlook, upcoming LCD submissions, foundation callsign options, representation at WRC 19 in 2019, as well as many other matters of mutual interest. On another matter, recently I had an amateur contact me to discuss the WIA membership subscription fees. The member considered that AR magazine as primary benefit of membership and queried the value of membership now that we only have six issues per annum. I pointed out that the primary benefit of membership was actually national and international representation. This fact was actually confirmed as the primary benefit of membership shown when the respondents to the surveys which were conducted last year. Indeed, well over 75% of participants felt there was a high value to members from ongoing national and international representation, which was undertaken by the WIA. The WIA will participate in the World Radio Conference in 2019, and further information will be included in these broadcasts later this year. The current board are mindful of the costs of travel for attending club events, so don't forget, if your club would like to chat with a board member or have a director address a meeting, we would be very pleased to participate in a video link-up with your club or event. Contact the National Office to request our attendance. Thanks for taking the time to listen to me. This has been Peter, VK8ZZ. I'm a WIA Director and the WIA Secretary. Cheers all. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. On Echolink and IRLP, it can be heard on the Aussie Conference Server. On Echolink, which is also connected to IRLP, reflector node 9559 and can be heard at 10am Sunday morning Australian Eastern Standard Time. I'm Jason, VK3FNQS. Good morning. This is Grant, VK5GR, on behalf of the Wireless Institute of Australia. Today, I'm here to ask everyone a question. Who owns a frequency? What should you do if your favourite frequency is already in use one morning? What if your favourite frequency was full of digital signals one morning? What would be your response? There are many users of our frequency bands, and many stations have different capabilities. Some people enjoy rag chewing on a net, for example, from simple stations, while others enjoy the chase for that elusive rare one, that top 30 DXCC station that may only be on air once in 5 to 10 years. Yet others enjoy contesting in various modes, including RTTY. How do we get all of these different activities to share the bands? Do you know the rules? Section 7 of the Radio Communications Licence Conditions Amateur Licence Determination is what applies here. This clearly states that the licensee must not operate an amateur station if its operation causes harmful interference to radio communications. Considering this, what do you think should take priority in situations like occurred this week on 40 metres, where a local VK net started up on top of a rare de-expedition operation on the same frequency? Maybe the defence that, I couldn't hear them so I could use the frequency. Maybe that was valid. But is it? Especially if you're warned by other VK stations trying to work the rare DX that the frequency was in use. Should you continue to run the net even though it's obvious you could hear the DX station? 
But my net has operated here for 40 years. Everyone should know that and should move out of my way. Is that a valid position to take? Maybe you switch on one morning and hear Ritty signals on your favourite frequency. But because it's not SSB, it's okay to start up and talk anyway over the top. Is that valid too? Take a moment to think about this. Are these positions really valid considering the regulations? Most of all, are any of these actions respectful of your fellow amateurs who are sharing the spectrum with you? I'll leave you with these questions this morning and ask you to consider, what would you do? I'm Grant, VK5GR, for the Wireless Institute of Australia. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. This week's international news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, Local News Services VK2 and 7, and the worldwide sources of the WIA, including VK2 FKND. The ARRL reports UK amateur Chris Wilson, 2 Echo 0 India Lima Yankee, made what may be the first 136 kHz transatlantic contact with a radio ham in the USA operating under FCC Part 97. Chris Wilson, 2E0ILY in Shropshire, worked Paul Kelly, November 1 Bravo Uniform Golf in Maine, using the mode DFCW60, which is dual frequency CW with a 60 second dit length. This was not a quick contact. It took four nights to complete. Using night by night sequencing, the two way exchange included call signs, signal reports, and acknowledgements. They used the TMOR reporting system borrowed from the Moonbounce world. The contact was finally completed at 020 GMT on March 28, 2018. In expectation of the initiation of 5G services around the 2020 timeframe, New Zealand's Radio Spectrum Management has prepared a consultation document addressing which bands might be used for 5G spectrum and their allocation. RSM is seeking feedback on those matters, as well as any other perceived barriers to the rollout of 5G, and interested parties have been invited to comment on the issues by Monday the 30th of April. End of mission for PicSat Satellite. PicSat, launched on January 12, carried an amateur radio FM transponder. Unfortunately, following a loss of communications in March, the team has had to announce the end of the mission. On the afternoon of Tuesday, March 20, PicSat fell silent after two successful morning passes over Europe. Attempts to re-establish contact have failed. Nothing has been heard from the satellite, no sign of life. The IARU Region 1 Monitoring System newsletter reports on reception of over-the-horizon radar from the Far East in the new 5 MHz 60 metre allocation. The International Amateur Radio Union Monitoring System, IARUMS Region 1 newsletter, can be read at the address in this week's text edition. Toe-tapping Morse code. So you thought Morse code was of use no more except to those nostalgics in amateur radio. Well, French startup Intellineum has developed a work boot which can send and receive coded messages based on Morse code. The smart safety boots have a SIM card and wireless module to send and receive messages. Two sensors, one at the toe of the boot and one at the ankle, can be used by the wearer to send predefined messages based on Morse code. 
Incoming messages come in the form of vibrations or 80 dB alarm sounds. The boots are designed to improve the safety of workers in noisy and isolated places such as oil rigs and they are working on refining the boots to suit a range of industries. And a tip of the hat to Samuel Morse whose 227th birthday happens to be this month. da di di da di da World Amateur Radio Day Every April 18th, radio amateurs worldwide take to the airwaves in celebration of World Amateur Radio Day. The report on the IARU Region 1 site says it was on this day in 1925 that the International Amateur Radio Union was formed in Paris. Amateur radio experimenters were the first to discover that the shortwave spectrum, far from being a wasteland, could support worldwide propagation. In the rush to use these shorter wavelengths, amateur radio was in grave danger of being pushed aside, the IARU's history has noted. Amateur radio pioneers met in Paris in 1925 and created the IARU to support amateur radio worldwide. Today, amateur radio is more popular than ever, with more than 3 million licensed operators. 3 million. April 18th is the day for all of amateur radio to celebrate and tell the world about the science. This is an opportunity for amateurs to show their expertise in digital and wireless communications to those in the community who have wireless communication interests but haven't considered the association with amateur radio. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. Here in southeastern South Australia, it can be heard on VK5RMG on a frequency of 146.900 MHz, VK5RKN on 147.375 MHz, VK5RNC on 146.650 MHz, and VK5RBT on 147.350 MHz at 9am Central Standard Time. This is Colt, VK58CF. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1WIA. Ham Radio Operational News, it's a contact sport. I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. All major Australian contest rules and results are on the contest section of the WIA website. April 18, Worldwide Amateur Radio Day, IARU. April 21, Worldwide International Marconi Day. Next Saturday, April 21st, is International Marconi Day, meaning Haddock will be operating the special call sign VK2IMD from 10am Eastern Time to 10am on Sunday morning. This is 9.30 Central Time and 8am in the West. IMD marks Marconi's birthday on April 25. Over the same period, IMD awards stations around the world in locations with a link to Marconi will also be operating on MF and HF bands. The link for VK2 IMD is that the first official message from Britain to Australia sent by Marconi's station in North West Wales on behalf of Australian PM Billy Hughes and his Minister Cook was received by Fisk at his house in Warunga in northern Sydney. This was 100 years ago in September and further events are planned for then. Given the message was from the PM regarding his visit to the troops in France in the closing weeks of World War I, this has attracted interest at the highest levels. For VK1 WIA News, this is Julian, VK2 YJS and AG6LE. 
April 25, VKZL AM CW for Anzac Day. April 28, 29, VK AMRO Weekend. May 12 and 13, Worldwide Mills on the Air. June 17, IARU Region 3, 2018, QRP Day Region 3. August 11 and 12, VK Remembrance Day Contest. August 18, 19, Worldwide Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. October 6, Worldwide Oceania DX Contest. 1968 was a tragic year for New Zealand shipping, with the loss of the Ferry Wahine and the Grunship Maranui, plus a fire sea aboard the liner Gothic. 67 people died in these events, but many lives were saved through remarkable feats of seamanship and heroism. Fifty years later, these disasters will be commemorated by three amateur radio special call signs, each one in use for a month during 2018. During April, ZM50GW is on the air to remember the sinking of the ferry TEV Wahine, call sign ZMGW in Wellington. With the loss of 51 lives, two others died later from injuries. In June, ZM50LA will mark the sinking of the grand ship MV Maranui, call sign ZMLA. With the loss of nine crew, August ZM50MAUQ will commemorate the fire aboard the SS Gothic, Call sign MAUQ, while sailing from Bluff to Panama, which killed seven people, although the crewmen saved the ship and sailed her to Wellington. A special QSL card will be issued in September, showing contacts with one or more of the three special call signs. In memory of the first human in space, the Urugagaran International DX competition takes place from 21 hours GMT on Saturday the 14th to 21 hours GMT on the 15th. There are numerous categories including SWL and will pay to check the contest rules. Operation is CW only on the 1.8, 3.57, 14, 21 and 28 MHz bands plus amateur satellites on any band. The exchange is signal report plus your ITU zone number which is 555958. If you are somewhere in VK land, the DX Edge, April. Tony, 3D2AG executive from Funafuti Atoll. Tuvalu, OC015, as T2AR from the 14th to the 21st of April. Operations will be from top band to 6 metres, including 60 metres, plus 2 metre meteor scatter. QSL via 3D2AG. Finally, VK2KMI looks at some YLDX. From Ingham, Felix, VK4FUQ. YLs do DX. Senegal, 6W. YL Elvira, IV3FSG, is now active as 6W IV3FSG from Thies near Dakar. The length of her stay is unknown. Activity will be limited to her spare time on 80 to 10 metres. Look for Elvira to operate SSB and possibly digital modes. QSL via IK3GES. Kyoko, Mio, Miyoshi, JR3MVF and K Iman, WA0WOF will be operating from Bhutan as A52YL from April 29, 2018 until May 5, 2018. They will be active from the Dochula Eco Resort, altitude 3150 meters in Bhutan. QRV on 80 to 6 meters SSB, CW and Digi. QSL via WA0WOF. 
I'm Kimberly VK2KMI for the WIA National News. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Alrighty, time for the Nuts and Volts report. It is the Q News workbench where we measure twice, cut once. Well, maybe it's more the RSGB workbench this week. RSGB at Makerfair UK. Makerfair UK is one of the largest hands-on exhibition for those who enjoy experimenting with all forms of technology, making and crafting. Members of the RSGB's Training and Education Committee, supported by the Youth Committee, will be attending Makerfair UK on the 28th and 29th of April at the Life Science Centre in Newcastle. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Tasmania, it can be heard on repeaters right around the state on 2 metres and 70 centimetres at 0900 on Sundays and repeated at 2,000 hours on Tuesdays on VK7RTC in the south and VK7RAA in the north. I'm Mike, VK7 Foxtrot Bravo. I'm Cole, VK3LED, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Groups News. First up, Defence. A special guest speaker for the next regular Waverley Amateur Radio Society Club meeting on Wednesday the 18th of April will talk on cracking Germany's Enigma code in World War II. Ross Clements will commence at 7.30pm in Monash Hall at the Rose Bay RSL Club in Vickery Avenue. Ross is a diploma in adult education and has tutored in the subjects of science, chemistry, physics and mathematics. He'll demonstrate an Enigma machine on the night. The presentation? Not to be missed. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Our hobby is full of acronyms which can cause confusion to our newbies. ARIS is one such beast. ARIS is amateur radio on the International Space Station, a cooperative venture of international amateur radio societies and the space agencies that support the International Space Station, or commonly known as ISS. In the United States, sponsors are the Radio Amateur Satellite Corporation, AMSAT, American Radio Relay League, ARRL, Center for the Advancement of Science in Space, CASIS, and National Aeronautics and Space Administration, NASA. The primary goal of ARIS is to promote exploration of science, technology, engineering and mathematics, STEM, topics, by organizing scheduled contacts via amateur radio between crew members aboard the ISS and students in classrooms or public forums. Before and during these radio contacts, Students, educators, parents and communities learn about space, space technologies and amateur radio. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Females in Radio We made mention several times in the past month of the Thelma Super Memorial Contest not being run this year. It should have been on this weekend. This is primarily a New Zealand contest organised by WARO, Women Amateur Radio Organisation. Last year, the contest winner was Wanganui, Branch 48 of the New Zealand Amateur Radio Transmitters. Vel, ZL2FO, and Ivan, ZL2ATU, picked up the female and male national trophies in the Waro competition. Coincidentally, Vel and Ivan's first contact was each other. 
Thelma Super worked to establish amateur radio as a hobby for women and to have women accepted as equals. Many women became licensed hams through the involvement of their husbands. With Thelma, the sequence was reversed. She became the second woman in New Zealand to gain her license in 1931, 30 years before her husband. She got her license the day before they were married. She was instrumental in creating Waro, women amateur radio operators in New Zealand, in 1962. Jerry Ellsworth, AI6TK, gained notoriety in 2004 for creating a complete Commodore 64 system on a chip housed within a joystick called C64 Direct-to-TV. That computer in a joystick could run 30 video games from the early 1980s and at peak sold over 70,000 units in a single day via the shopping channel. Now Jerry, AI6TK, will be MSAT, taper, banquet speaker at the banquet which takes place during Hamvention in 2018 in May. Jerry will present on her innovative ideas and adventures in amateur radio. Jerry is an American entrepreneur, self-taught engineer and an autodidact computer chip designer and inventor. Ellsworth co-founded Castor in 2013 and stayed with the company until its closure in 2017. In 2016, she passed all three amateur radio exams, earned her amateur extra license and received the AI6TK callsign. This has now launched new adventures into amateur radio. She's been featured in January 2017 QST and in YouTube videos from Quartzfest earlier this year. Jerry has been given a free hand to speak on whatever topic she wishes, as long as it's amateur radio, somewhat. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, QRP and Weak Signal Communications. Fun with Low Power Amateur Radio, or QRP, in Bendigo on April 20th. Bendigo Amateur Radio and Electronics Club invites you to Fun with Low Power Amateur Radio by Peter Parker, VK3YE, who will discuss the equipment, antennas and operating procedures needed to enjoy low power amateur radio. The cheap kit that sets you up to fail. Why expensive antennas are not always best and operating tricks to snag that contact. The evening commences at 7.30pm Friday, April 20th at the Barrack Club Room, 20 Longley Lane Longley. A gold coin donation will be appreciated. A light supper will be available and Peter and the Barrack members, including yours truly, look forward to seeing you there. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Rescue Radio, 5th and 6th of May. Wyson, Northern Rivers, Lismore area, will be providing radio communications for the Girard State Forest Horse Enduro, a great weekend in the bush just east of Drake. Summerland Amateur Radio Club will be crossing the border into VK4 and providing radio communications for the Spring Mountain Horse Enduro. Another good weekend in the scrub on the southwestern outskirts of Brisbane, very close by our editor, Baker Baker's QTH. Special interest groups VHF and above, The Plumber's Delight, The Secret of Success on VHF, UHF and Microwaves. We could learn from radio astronomy when, after the Second World War, the first large 76-metre parabolic dish was constructed at Jodrell Bank in the UK. In time, it was realised that it did not have enough gain. The 27-metre dish array at Socorro in New Mexico, USA, mounted on a Y-rail line, made a great improvement until the 305-metre fixed dish came on stream in Puerto Rico, which in turn was recently eclipsed by the 500-metre fixed dish in China. Currently, scientists are anxiously awaiting the completion of the low array of the square kilometre array in Outback Australia and the 3,000-dish mid-array in South Africa in 2024, which will cover a total frequency range of 50 MHz to 15 GHz.
We wireless amateurs should take cognizance in this and build the highest gain Yagi arrays that we can afford. The results may surprise you, as well as the distances achieved. I'm Col, VK3LED. As we tie the ribbon on this week's national news service from VK1WIA, the social scene. April 22 in VK6, Hills Amateur Radio Group's Hargfest. That's the swap meet between 10 and 2. April 22 in VK5, South Coast Amateur Radio Club's annual buy, swap and sell, 10 till 3. April 22 in VK4, it Snow's radioactive observation trial. The TARC Incorporated President, Snow VK4ME, is currently planning out the 2018 radioactive observation trial, happening in the Townsville area from 11am on Sunday, Sunday the 22nd. Starting point is SES headquarters car park at West End. It'll be a fun day for all the family and a sausage sizzle is planned at the finishing point of the trial. May 4-7, VK4 Clareview Gathering. May 12 in VK3, Moorabbin District Radio Club's Hamfest. May 18-20, VK4 WIA Radio and Electronics Convention and AGM Gold Coast. June 9 and 10, VK5, it's a 2018 Southeast Radio Group's Convention and the Australian Fox Hunting Championship at Mount Gambier. And June 9 to 10 in VK2, Oxley Region's Amateur Radio Club's Field Weekend, Oxley Radio Amateur Radio Club. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. I'm Graham, VK4BB. See you next week. Until then, walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.